If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. Time for the great outdoors. Ripley High's winter sports have concluded their postseason tournaments, and spring sports are just a few weeks away. Episode 15 includes a wrap-up of the state wrestling tournament and the sectional basketball tournament. We'll get caught up with two former Viking hoopsters, so let's get started. The state wrestling tournament is nothing new for Seth Phelan. He was there as a Viking wrestler and now as a Viking coach. He talks with Mike Rubin about the recent tournament. We're talking with Ripley High assistant wrestling coach Seth Phelan and coming off a uh, appearance in the state wrestling tournament and we had two Vikings who were able to place down in Huntington. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, uh, we had a freshman at 113, Brett Haskins. Uh, he was able to uh, uh, finish sixth. Um, he won his first match against the, I think he came into the tournament ranked um, 10th. I believe Brett was ranked 10th in the state. Uh, and he had a kid that was ranked 7th uh, right off the bat um, that he hadn't wrestled before. Um, ended up being a, a pretty close match, 0-0 going to third period. Brett was on top and got a turn and literally held him on his back for about a minute and a half. Didn't move, just held him there. He knew he had the win. Uh, so held him there for a good minute and a half, one, three, nothing. Uh, next match, ended up losing to the uh, eventual state champ, uh, I believe by one point. Um, it, was a, it was a close, hard, it was a hard fought match. Uh, came up a little bit short, battled back through the consolation rounds, um, all American round. Uh, had a kid that he wrestled before and took care of. Um, took care of there, pretty confident win. Made it to Saturday. Um, ended up having a tough match, kid from Huntington. Uh, I believe he lost five to two on that one. It was pretty close. And then he had a kid that he had wrestled early in the tournament and uh, that he had beat early in the tournament, but didn't turn out in his favor at the last match. But he, uh, he still came away with sixth place, uh, finished you know, finished ahead of his ranking, you know, so that's always a plus. And he's a freshman, um, so it's hard to do as a freshman. A lot of nerves being in the state tournament. Um, you know, it, him being able to place uh, says a lot for him. Um, I know he's not satisfied with his finish, um, but um, he'll, he'll be, he's the kid that puts in, puts in the work um, to be better. Um, and he, he enjoys the sport, he enjoys winning, so, um, I look for him to, to be a four-time state placer and, and possible state champ uh, before he graduates. And, of course, and then, uh, Tanner Ross on the other end of the spectrum, yeah, he's a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. Uh, and on the other end of the, the weight classes, he was at 220. Um, Tanner, uh, <clears throat> Tanner's a kid that, you know, he, he, he came in. Uh, he was confident where he wanted to be at. He uh, thought about going to 195. Um, and then decided that, that he would be better off at 220. 
um, and he's got the skill set that that was able was good enough for him to compete. Um, he had a couple of couple of bruisers. He's got the number one kid in the country in his weight class uh, from Parkersburg South. So he ended up getting fourth in the region and getting his ticket punched to the state tournament. Um, he came in and he wrestled probably his best wrestling that he's done uh, at his career here at Ripley uh, at the state tournament. He wrestled solid. He stayed in good stance, good position, and uh, kept himself in matches to where he could win. And that's exactly what he did and what he needed to do. Um, he had a couple of studs um, from, uh, he had one stud from Buckhand, or not Buckhand, I'm sorry, uh, Beckley, Woodrow Wilson, who he had wrestled twice. Um, that was just a, a, big, a big guy for him to wrestle. Uh, he lost to him, I think it was five to one um, earlier in the tournament, and then he had him again uh, in the Constellation Semis, and he, he lost to him in a double overtime uh, in a final ride out. He, he gave up an escape. He lost by one point. So, I mean, he, he even wrestled better then. He kept wrestling better as the tournament went on. Um, and then in his fifth and sixth place match, he, uh, he got a little bit out of position for a second. And um, kid, kid caught him on his back. But he came away with a sixth place uh, finish. And again, uh, not in the rankings at all. Uh, nobody nobody had, him, had him in there placing or even, uh, even qualifying. So I mean, he, uh, <clears throat> you know, he he placed higher as it was expected, and he wrestled he wrestled his tail off and put a put a tournament together to where he could place, and that's what it takes. And Seth, we had uh, eight wrestlers total in the tournament, and two others uh, came close to a place. Yes, yeah, we had four in the All American round. Uh, that that's the round there. If you win, you place. If you lose, uh, you go home. Uh, we had uh, Luke Luke Miller at 126 sophomore uh, he had been there before he, he lost last year in all-american round um, it was a heartbreaker then and and this past weekend wasn't any different uh, he he wrestled solid um, he had a kid that uh, almost majored him a week earlier in the regional tournament beat him by like six or seven points um, and it was a one-point match uh, he let him up but he was down one in the third period uh, stayed on the boy, stayed, stayed in his face, kept going, kept grinding, got in on a shot um, and just struggled with the finish. Ended up giving a takedown up with about five, six seconds left um, in the losing that match. Um, and it was unfortunate. He, 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 was, he had a solid tournament. Um, you know, we, we really hated that for him, but he's the kind of kid that will definitely put in the work and effort to, uh, he, he wants to be a state champ more than anything, I think. And I'm not really worried. Uh, I'm not worried about Luke because I know he'll, he's going to put in the effort and, and uh, be successful. And then we had Austin Boggess <clears throat> at uh, 182. <clears throat> Austin, uh, he, he turned in uh, his greatest performance of all year at state tournament. Um, couldn't really be more proud of how he wrestled. Uh, he was on his offense. He was getting after the guys. He uh, actually beat the number, th uh, the third-ranked kid in the state uh, at that tournament. Um, pretty much, just he broke the kid um, and uh, mentally. And, you know, that's that's what wrestling's kind of all about is trying to break your opponent. And he did that, and he turned in a great performance um, <clears throat> in his All-American round. He had a Parkersburg South kid that he had that he had been pinned by in the first period before, and he made it. 
he made it um, all three rounds with him. Uh, he wrestled, he wrestled as hard as he could, and the kid, kid just came out on top. But uh, he's coming back next year. You know, he's he's a senior. Uh, he'll be looking to be one of our leaders. And Luke Miller, he'll be a junior. He's he's he'll be one of our leaders, I'm sure. Um, we got a young team coming back. We had, like I said, eight eight qualifiers. Two of them were seniors. Um, so you know, we have six coming back, and then we had a couple guys that we had one guy finished fifth, and and two sixths that that will be looking to to place higher. Uh, we got a young team. Got a couple of eighth graders coming in next year. So I mean, our team is going to be young, but we're going to be tough. I mean, we're going to continue to improve and be better. Seth, you were telling me that uh, some of these guys are going to be playing a spring sport, mm -hmm. whether it be baseball or track or whatever. But uh, for, for those who don't, uh, what lies ahead for those folks uh, in the spring and the summer? Well, um, usually I usually like to give them a week or two off just to relax, uh, do whatever they want after school. But, you know, we, we, off, we do open mats and, and um, weight training in here. I mean, Coach Smolder does a great job with his class already. So a lot of the wrestlers uh, and a lot of mostly, most all the athletes have uh, Coach Smolder for weight training. <clears throat> and, uh, but we, we do offer uh, off-season training. Um, there's a couple of wrestling clubs uh, that are available around here that are close by. And there's several, several open tournaments and summer camps uh, that a lot of our, our guys go to. Um, but yeah, we have open mats. They come in here, roll around, continue to work on their technique. Uh, that's really where you get better is the off season. Um, but uh, yeah, we do have a couple of couple guys that play baseball, um, and then on the other end, a uh, few guys that are playing football. So they'll be in here already, lifting and training for football, getting ready. Excuse me, and then um, you know, ready to run, and it'll be here for you know next season already. And, uh, Coach, I know that uh, you were telling me that you uh, graduated from Ripley in, in 2006. Outstanding wrestler here. You yourself mm -hmm. uh, made it to the state wrestling tournament, went on to continue uh, your wrestling career up at uh, West Liberty. And now uh, that you have a family of your own, mm -hmm. you come back down here and, and give back to the yeah. program. Why do you decide to spend your time uh, doing that? Uh, because I'm, I'm too old to compete. <laughs> no, uh, uh, because I love wrestling. I love the sport. I love what it, it did for me. Um, I love the sacrifice that, I'm, that I made when I wrestled um, and, it, and just the, the friends that I, I got through it. Um, you, you become family with them because um, you both, you're all going through the same battle. Um, and it just, and then for me, I, like when I wrestled, I would get nervous, you know, some of the time, but I got nervous for all my matches, but, uh, and my brother's matches, but, you know, now that I'm coaching, I get nervous for every match. Every, every match is, is like I'm watching my kid out there or, or my brother out there or, or whatever. So I'm getting nervous for them and I want to see them, win. I want to see them succeed. And, and, um, I know what it's like to come up short at the state tournament, um, you know, so I don't want to see it for those kids, um, but I, I want to see them succeed, you know, um, and be successful. Uh, I know it means a lot because there's a lot of hard work that goes on with wrestling. Um, so just, and being able to help them, uh, show them a move, and then we practice it, and then they go out and hit it in a match. It's a, it's a feeling that, that I'm like, yes, I'm like, he's learning. And then also just the, 
the young men and women that, that wrestling creates uh, in society. Uh, it's a great feeling like wrestling shapes a lot of, uh, uh, shapes a lot of minds in a, in a positive way. Um, because it's an individual sport, but it's also a team sport. So you're creating individuals that can go out and contribute. Um, that can be, you know, but you don't have to. They don't have to have somebody else to be successful with them. They can go out and be successful by themselves, or or they can be on a team and be successful that way. Um, so we really try to make them uh, better uh, men and women when they leave out of here. And uh, I think we Matt Matt's done a great job and. and um, we, we try to make them better people when they leave out of here. Our thanks to Viking <clears throat> Wrestling Assistant Coach, Seth Phelan. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. He was a former Viking basketball player and coach. He's now trying to lead his Boyd County Lions back to the Sweet 16 in the state of Kentucky. Here's Mike Rubin's conversation with 1979 Ripley graduate Randy Anderson. We are talking with Coach Randy Anderson. And uh, Coach, I know you grew up in the Ripley community and played basketball for the Vikings uh, in the 1970s. Uh, tell us what it was like to uh, go, grow up in the community and, and to be a Viking basketball player. Uh, Ripley's home, and always will be home, and uh, just a very close-knit community. Uh, you know, my experience playing there at Ripley was, you know, it's, I tell our kids all the time, you know, it doesn't matter how many nets you cut down, how many trophies you get. Um, when it's all said and done, it's going to boil down to your relationships and your memories. And, you know, almost 40 years out of, out of playing, uh, you know, it's whenever I go back for the 4th of July or I go to visit and that type of thing and run into some old teammates, I mean, it just immediately goes back to do you remember when? And so, uh, just very, very fond memories. Uh, I, the, the time that I was at Ripley, uh, I, I had a different head coach uh, all four years I was there, uh, which at that time I didn't understand, but God was just preparing me uh, as far as uh, mentors, uh, the goods and the bads. And when I'm doing what I'm doing now, I didn't know that at the time, but uh, it, it's really shaped me. Uh, as far as the people that uh, uh, that the Lord surround me with there, Ripley, I just uh, I can't say enough good things about uh, being a Ripley basketball player and being blessed to play with uh, um, a numerous m bunch of guys that I did while I was there. Coach, uh, after high school, uh, you had an opportunity to go play uh, for the Glenville State Pioneers, and you had some success uh, at Glenville. Tell us about your years in college. Uh, just uh, once again a teacher school and uh, just so thankful that Coach Lilly gave me the opportunity to come and, and uh, not only get a, a really good teaching degree but also to be able to fulfill a dream uh, from about my sophomore year on in high school I, I really wanted to play at the next level and to be able to do that it's, uh, it's something when I look back at now it's just uh, uh, very blessed and honored that uh you know, five six coming out. I think coming out of high school is five six and one fourteen. And for someone to uh, to think that my skill was good enough to be able to play to the next level, I, I I'm really thankful. Uh, we had a great time and and many many great teammates there. And had uh, back then it was before the Civic Center had expanded. Uh, 
you know, the WVIAC tournament was a big sale, and um, tickets were uh, hard to get, you know, once you especially got through the uh, first round, and just uh, just the memories of being able to play in that type of an atmosphere and play uh, in a conference that represent, represented the state of West Virginia back then, uh, uh, just, uh, I just, it, it, it's something that uh, I'll always cherish. And Randy, um, you began your coaching career, which really uh, took you uh, all over southern West Virginia and, and eastern Kentucky. I know that you coached uh, at uh, Tradition Rich uh, area in Logan. You had some success uh, at Tulsa High School um, down in, in Wayne County. But we remember you for the years you had at Ripley and what an exciting time you came in and, and started a very youthful lineup, as I remember, and ended up advancing uh, to the state tournament in 1996. What are your uh, recollections of going to the Charleston Civic Center that year? Um, but, you know, you look back at those those four years, I was blessed to, to coach at, the, uh, at my alma mater, and uh, from day one, you know, practice gear and stuff had a backwards CCC on it so when our guys got tired and they looked down it really said CCC and from day one we had the goal of uh, getting our program to the Charleston Civic Center to the state tournament and uh, that first year we did I think we started uh, three freshmen and two sophomores and um, had, had a couple really good seniors that, that uh, fulfilled their roles and that type of thing it felt like we were successful that first year then then the second year uh, you know uh, those guys are just very, very special. I, I, three or four years back, um, the, the high school honored that team and our coaches uh, by putting us in the in the Hall of Fame, and and those guys that very well deserved. And we just uh, just the thought of uh, you know that year, I think Point Pleasant may have upset Parkersburg in 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 the uh, in the in their section, and we end up playing Point Pleasant. Um, for a regional title and uh, won that and, and just all of the excitement there at Ripley and, and uh, within the grade schools and the middle schools and I can even remember we took a charter bus to Charleston and as we went by Fairplane Elementary uh, uh, our mayor now Ms. Rader was principal there and all those kids lined up against that fence and, and uh, you know waving uh, flags and having posters and and uh, just, the, just the thought and the idea of being able to do that uh, and then actually do it. Uh, it's just, it's once again a memory that people can't take away from us and, and uh, we'll always cherish um, those memories and, and the opportunity to, to coach a bunch of, of really good kids. And Randy, uh, we lost in the first round that year to a team from Fairmont Senior. Uh, it was a narrow defeat, as I recall, and uh, the Polar Bears went on to win the AAA state championship that year. They sure did. I mean, you know, we we kind of had the uh, first time ever there jitters, uh, especially the first quarter. I thought that the, our kids, as the game went on, really settled in and nerves nerves um, became quiet and uh, got ourselves back in there. They had a really good post player by the name of Kent uh, that went on to Rutgers and had a really good career there. Um, but, I mean, we actually had a shot. Uh, from about half court to tie it there in, in the regulation and, and kind of felt like if we'd had a minute or two more, uh, may have, things may have been different, but yeah, they did, they did win it. 
And then in 1997, the following year, things looked a better position for Ripley to return to the uh, state tournament. You finished with a record of uh, 19 and 5, I believe, that year. Were ranked as high as number two uh, in the state and finished up uh, ranked number five. But then a crazy thing happened one night there at the Ripley High School Health Center, uh, he, heading toward uh, uh, as the postseason uh, progressed. Yeah, John Kennedy, I can still remember it just like it was yesterday. John Kennedy drew that thing up the sideline there in the fourth quarter and and uh, got fouled. And then a few few of the uh, students out of Point Pleasant student section then got involved and jumped in on him and. One thing led to another. I know that I went over there to try to separate. And then uh, at that time, we had uh, three players um, that uh, took two or three steps, didn't really come off the bench, but I guess they crossed the, uh, the sideline. But anyway, we lost three, three very key kids uh, going into the, the regional tournament at Capitol and uh, played them really well for three quarters. I think we may end up getting beat seven because we had to foul there at the end. But just a very, very uh, disappointing ending uh, to what, what I felt like was a team that could have really competed for a state title that year. And then uh, as your coaching uh, career progressed, you ended up down at uh, Lawrence County, Kentucky and had good success there. And that led to your uh, current position at, at Boyd County. And I know that they love basketball in eastern Kentucky. Oh, they do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. Wherever I've been, I, I've been I've been very, very blessed. I, I remember when, one time Dad asked me, um, you know, why, why don't you just go to one school and stay? You know, like at that time, Mick Price had been there for a long time. And, and I said, I don't know, Dad. I, I think some coaches are uh, um, meant to be um, wipers. Some are, are follow success, and then others are, um, God's made them to be builders. And it just seems like that um, that's kind of been my calling um, for wherever I've been is uh, to take a program that was kind of in need and uh, needed some foundation to it and uh, to be able to build. And it just seems like uh, once we got to Kentucky, though, I was blessed to be at Lawrence County for nine years and played in uh, two regional semis and a, and, a, and a regional final there. Never did get to make it to Rupp. And then... Um, this felt like the Lord had led us here to Boyd. They'd been on some hard times for two or three years, and and uh, it took us a couple of years to get this thing rolling. But uh, uh, just just really, really feel blessed. Got great kids, and and uh, last year uh, was able to to finish it off. I know my son's senior year, we made it to the regional final down here and got beat. And then last year uh, uh, was just blessed and, and fortunate and uh, made it to rough, made it to the Sweet 16, but uh, to really to answer your question, it's, uh, it, it is kind of a basketball crazy area um, where people really love it. You know, the state of Kentucky is different because you don't have classifications down here. It doesn't matter if you have 200 in your high school or 2,500, uh, everybody's thrown into the same pot and they only have one state champ. And so uh, to get to the Sweet 16 and uh, be a regional winner is uh, really a big deal. And your team is uh, progressing uh, again this year in that direction. You're not not at Rupp yet, but hopefully headed in that direction. It just uh, we've had a tremendous year last year with that uh, um, Sweet 16 bunch. We lost four really really key people, and so um, you know we had uh, two starters back and uh, a bunch of young ones. We we've got nine kids in our locker room. Uh, 
Malabar 15 that, that's on our um, tournament roster uh, that wasn't even with us last year. And for us to, to be able to win 22 games, we're 22 and 10 right now. And um, we, the other night we won our sixth straight district title. And um, we'll start regional play on Monday at Moorhead. I just uh, I feel like this bunch is already overachieved, but um, I guess just the success breeds success. And uh, these guys got a real good taste of rough last year, and it's kind of been a driving force with this bunch. And Randy, tell us about your family. Um, I know that uh, Bobby has been playing uh, close by here over at Rio Grande, Ohio. But bring us up to date on on, your, on the Anderson family. Uh, my wife's still just as pretty. I really outfunded my coverage. Uh, she's as pretty as she ever was and teaches math uh, at our high school. Uh, my daughter uh, married a, uh, a young man, and, and he is the preacher at First Baptist Church in Olive Hill, which is about 30 minutes from us. And uh, uh, about eight months ago, uh, they gave us uh, our first granddaughter. And uh, Lori teaches at the middle school there uh, at uh, West Carter. And uh, Layton is our granddaughter, and she's been a joy. And then Bobby um, started his college career at the University of Charleston and registered as a freshman. And then uh, his first playing year, um, uh, seen spot time. And then uh, uh, just felt like it was the Lord's will, and, and, he, and he really, I think, kind of wanted to play sooner. And so he transferred to Rio Grande in Ohio, um, playing for Coach French, and he's had, uh, he's had a really good year. And uh, uh, a really young team. I think they're going to graduate one senior. And uh, they got beat the other night in the first round of their conference tournament. But uh, he is studying to be a physical therapist. And so uh, God's blessed us. Uh, and uh, I'm blessed. I, I just, uh, uh, my children and my wife, uh, I, I, I don't deserve them, but I, I'm so thankful for them. We've been talking with Coach Randy Anderson. Coach, thank you much for uh, spending some time with us, and good luck to you as the season progresses. Uh, thank you, Mike. It's always great to hear your voice, and, and I just want people in Ripley to know that uh, you know, Ripley's my home, and, and I love you guys, and uh, I appreciate you all reaching out and, uh, and uh, sharing a little time with me. Viking basketball came to a close with a sectional tournament loss this week at Parkersburg South. Ripley finished the season at 12-10, and 10, and we sat down with first-year head coach Luke Parsons. Welcome back to Viking 360. We're joined now by Viking head coach Luke Parsons. And, Coach, uh, I know we're fresh off of a disappointing loss in Parkersburg uh, the other night, but all in all, a, a very successful season for you guys. Yeah, I mean, these the season went – much better than what I expected coming in. Uh, the kids worked hard uh, in the off season. They worked hard during the season, and you know, twelve wins from a two win season the the year before. Um, you know, I, my expectation was just to be better than two wins. You know, it wasn't the goal was to get to the state tournament, but you know, my expectation was to just be better than two wins. Make the kids play hard. Hopefully they have fun and, uh, you know, we'll be more successful than we were the year before, and I think that happened. When you look at the group of seniors that just left uh, or will be leaving you, what do you think those kids taught the underclassmen uh, in, you know, preparation and, and uh, approaching games, so forth and so on, that will hopefully last and carry on to the younger group? 
Um, I think one thing that they they taught, and of course each senior individually taught different players different things, but as a group that uh, no matter what happens, you keep going. Um, things don't go your way. You keep pushing. You keep working. And the end result will be something that uh, you can be proud of. Coach, I thought it was a touch of class uh, in the game at Parkersburg South. You finished, I think, the final two to three minutes of the game with all five seniors on the floor and let them have a chance to an opportunity to go out together. Yeah, and that's that's something that you know I get involved in the game and and don't really think about that stuff. But my assistant coaches do a, a good job of of keeping me uh, intact and and getting me to do those things. And that's one thing Derek said with about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. He said he needed to get all five seniors in there at the same time. And I said, that's, we'll do that. And uh, I think I put them at the scores table at five minutes, but we didn't have a stoppage of play until about three and a half, four minutes to go. So, yeah, that's just something I wanted to do for them. Um, they love playing together, and they love – all five of them love the game of basketball, and that's just something that – for them that they'll remember. Coach, a few newcomers uh, in, in the senior class for you this year. One, Isaac Putnam had a big impact on your team this year. But then Caden Keeler coming over from football, bringing that mentality of winning and, and a mentality of toughness. I don't think you can uh, measure what those two guys really meant to your team. No, Isaac Putnam transferring in here, uh, you know, became a blessing because Ty hurt his hand early. And uh, he was able to step in, in Ty's role of what we thought Ty was going to be this year early on and keep us afloat and keep the spirits up and, and did those things. And then Keeler coming over, you know, Caden, we've had, I've been with him during football. Coach Mullins and I, we talked to each other during the school day. You know, Caden's a very likable guy, very, very good kid. And uh, he brings, he brought a lot of energy. And the attitude that he brought from winning is, uh, you know, what we needed, and he, and he was he was good for us. When you look at what you've got returning next year, obviously Ty Johnson coming back, you've got a lot of starters coming back. Um, what is going to be something you're going to try to impress upon these younger guys in the off season to improve upon? Well, with the guys we coming back, we you know we got to work on some things that we don't have in our arsenal right now. We don't have a lot of guys that can shoot off the dribble, you know. Tobias show can, and and basically that's about it. So we we need a, a point guard and and some guys that will be aggressive with the basketball and get the mindset that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to go around anybody that's guarding me or make a move to get you off balance so I can get my own shot. And uh, so, but. You know, in the off season, we got to get stronger, we got to get mentally tough, and then we just got to work on our game. Looking back on those um, twelve wins, coach, uh, if you had to pick a win or two that stood out uh, on the schedule, personally, I would say two of the key wins came against teams from the Northern Panhandle. I thought defeating uh, John Marshall at our place was a good uh, quality win, and of course that Saturday when you went up to Wheeling Park and knocked off uh, uh, the Wheeling Park Patriots, who had been ranked among the top five in the state at one time. Yeah, uh, the, the Wheeling Park, you know, those our kids are, would say that if you asked them that question. They would say the Wheeling Park game. The John Marshall uh, win was also a big win. But for me, 
as as the coach and being a first year coach, the first win was was what you know got me. You know, Hurricane was a good team early on. We played Lane County was a good team. Uh, they were much better than us early on, uh, especially up there. And then losing to Roan County, that kind of you know my spirits, the kids' spirits, coaches' spirits were were way down losing there. You know, it's just. It was a game that we should have won and could have won, and we didn't. And we did. I didn't want to let that game define the rest of the season as far as how we played. And here we go again mentality. So that first win against Taze Valley um, at the FCA shootout, for me, was probably the most important, but the most the one that stands out is Willing Park. Coach, when you look at that schedule, and Rube alluded to some of your big wins, some things that stand out to me are – how close you were to having 16 wins. I mean, you look at – you mentioned Roan County. That was a one-point loss. St. Albans in there, a four-point loss uh, at home against those guys, both of those games without tie. Spring Valley, as you mentioned, one that uh, stands out to me in, in a big way uh, that you could have won. And uh, uh, Parkersburg. Uh, Parkersburg, at Parkersburg, you didn't have tie. I don't. I think Tobias Scholl might, yeah, might have been sick or Timmy Wickersham. So – you're really close to having a 16-win season. That would have been amazing. And I think your kids learned a lot from those f- four really close losses. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, five, you know, we lost all – of our, all of our losses were under 10 points except for two, I believe. Okay? They're all, they're all single digits losses. And, you know, single digits, game can go either way for either team. It's whoever makes foul shots or whoever doesn't turn the ball, ball over two or three more times – wins that game and you know looking back that's though that's where the kids have to learn that every possession counts you know and that everything that we teach and preach and cherish the basketball and always be doing the right thing always being in the right spots that's what will win those close games coach let's talk numbers um of the schools that are uh, larger than us um we went five and six. Of the schools uh, that Ripley is bigger than, we only uh, lost three games, and two of those three uh, were to uh, the Lincoln County Panthers, who had a very talented team. Compare that to the sectional opponents were Parkersburg and Parkersburg South. Both basically have uh, double the enrollment of, of Ripley High. Yeah, they do, and that, and that's – you know, and that's what we're up against. We you know we got we're the smallest triple A school. We play teams that are double our size or five hundred or more kids than us, and that's what we're going up against. Now, that's not an excuse, but you know that's that's why I think that the West Virginia SSAC is going to try to change some a few things because of that. Um, you know, we're in a smallest triple A school going up against two of the largest AAA schools in our section, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to compete um, on that level um, year in and year out with the kids that we have. Now, we're, we're going to have years where we have better teams than they do. And, and this year, I thought, especially Parkersburg High School, I thought that we were, we were better than them. And Parkersburg South, you know, we just, both times we went up there, we just didn't play very well. I don't know if it's the gym or or what it was, but we just didn't play very well. But I, I thought this year we had we had a team that that would give us that we had a chance. 
and uh, but they played well all year. Coach, let's circle back to you for a moment. Uh, when you look at your season this year uh, as the head coach and then moving forward, who are some of the coaches that you played for that uh, you might, I don't want to say pattern yourself after, but maybe some of the things that you take uh, as you become a head coach? Um, well, the football, I played for Coach Marino and Coach Frazier. Both of them, um, I love them very much. They helped me throughout uh, school, throughout my life. Um, Basketball-wise, Coach Justin Frazier, you know, my my junior year, sophomore, junior year, and especially my senior year, there were times where I didn't like basketball. I, I d- despised it, didn't want to play anymore. But uh, he helped me through that season, and I believe that his uh, the way that he did it is what I take from him. Um, so, you know, b- basketball-wise, Justin Frazier. Coach, um, you got you got a young son, five years old, I believe, yep. Landon, yep. Uh, a newborn daughter. Uh, how challenging has that been for you as a head coach with your time at home and, and the responsibilities there and then going to be a head coach? I, I know not as a coach, but uh, just being a father, that that takes a lot of time for sure. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, and I, I knew going in, especially I my son was already born when I got the job. My daughter was not. But but going in, I knew it would be hard, but I'd never been a, a varsity head coach before, and it, it's trying. I mean, it, it takes a toll mentally, physically um, on you, on just the stuff you got to do other than the coaching part. The coaching part's the easy part. You know, showing up to the games and showing up to practice and coaching the kids is the easy part. It's doing all the scheduling. It's doing all the fundraising. Is doing all the off-season workouts, trying to get kids to come to come to camp, trying to get them to go to shootouts, um, trying to schedule all that stuff, and, and then plus, you know, you got a family, and that's a full-time job. Vacations, two kids, a wife, um, a house you got to take care of. The obnoxious you, media asking <laughs> you to do interviews all the time. Yards you got to mow. <laughs> you know, it, it, it takes a lot of time, but you know if. if if my if the high school kids, the basketball players, my kids I have in class, if I can relate anything to them, you know they see the the hard work and the time that it takes to put in, and I, they realize that. Um, the ones that are there all the time, they know Landon's with me all the time. Um, he's in their ear playing with them, and it just they they understand it takes a lot of time, and I think they appreciate it more and more as they as they grow and get older. Coach, in the regular season finale at Point Pleasant, I thought there were two instances where it really showed what uh, having young Landon around the team really, really means to not only to you but to the team. First of all, there's a moment where Landon has some type of a gun and he shoots you in the back with a dart gun or something (laughs) as you're sitting on the bench uh, watching your team warm up. But then he makes up for that. And you see him stand up and put his hand over his heart for the national anthem, and I thought that was a really touching moment. Oh yeah, I mean Landon. Landon remembers everything, um, and that's what I tell my high school kids all the time. He remembers everything you say to him. He remembers everything you do. 
He remembers what you're doing, how you're doing it. And so, and, and, and they, they pick fun and they have fun with him. And those, you know, Landon, he's, he's been around the gym since he's been born because I've just either been a part of it or around it. And, you know, the national anthem, he's been to hundreds of games. Um, and he knows now that that's what you do when you, the national anthem's getting played. You stand up, you put your hand on your heart, and it won't matter where he's at in the gym, home gym, away gym. When that comes on, he'll stand up wherever he's at, put his hand on his heart, and look at the flag. And uh, that makes me proud. Coach, there's no job more important than being the coach of your home and having your children and wife and everything. And and we're uh, super happy for you. Congratulations on a great year. And uh, we certainly look forward to the uh, – coming future of viking basketball well we you know i appreciate you guys all that you do rube always at every home game and away game announcing playing music doing all doing everything that you do for us and the kids and brian you and you and jeff and whoever takes your spot whenever you're gone you know we we appreciate you guys the, the kids appreciate and i'm sure all the fans and uh the family that can't get to the games appreciate that thanks coach thank you You've been listening to Viking coach Luke Parsons on Viking 360. Still on the subject of basketball, former Ripley player Craig Griffith was a straight shooter on the court with the class of 1993, just as he is in this interview with Brian Johnson. Welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by former Viking basketball standout Craig Griffith and Long-time friend of mine, Craig, thanks for being with us. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, I, I listened to the podcast a good bit, and uh, after you had Chase Fisher on and Tori Starcher, I kept wondering when you're going to have the third best athlete in the history of the school on. Uh, I can't say that with a straight face. I, I appreciate being on here and uh, look forward to talking to you. Craig, uh, you know, it's been a long time since we've been in high school, um, and we're not going to say how many years because we don't want to age ourselves, but um, do you reflect back much on? I know you still play a lot of basketball. Uh, pick up with the old guys. Do you reflect back much on your time uh, playing basketball at Ripley? Yeah, I do. My wife loves hearing those stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, you know, we've got mutual friends, Brian, that uh, that we uh, text a good bit with and, and talk about uh, the old times. Uh, always fun to reflect back and, and talk about, you know, some of the. Uh, we didn't have a, as many victories as I would have liked back in the day, but um, you still make memories when you're playing, regardless of how much success your teams have. And uh, I know you and I have all kinds of stories that we can tell. Um, you know, I was thinking about a good one the other day uh, when we were freshmen in high school. Um, you know, Coach Mullins, Steve Mullins was our coach. And we had an, an away game at Hurricane. And, um, we're getting ready to go out to warm up, and our buddy Russell McHugh, who was a starter on the team, starts rummaging through his uh, his duffel bag. And, uh, you know, it's that panic look on your face when you realize you've forgotten something. And uh, Russell realized that he'd forgotten to bring his shorts, his game shorts, which is a problem, obviously, and it's kind of required part of the uniform. And um, Mullins comes in, and uh, – Mullins obviously, you know, it's pretty clear from Mullins coming in and, and discussing this with us that he wanted Russell to play because, you know, he's a starter and he game plan thinking Russell was going to play. But uh, he wasn't going to be the one to tell someone else on the team to give their shorts up. So um, Steve says, uh, all right, boys, uh, you guys decide on your own. Left the locker room. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like 
11 heads turned all at once to this kid on our team named Ron Anderson. Poor Ron Anderson was the same size as Russell, but uh, didn't get to play a whole lot of minutes. And uh, Ron gave up his shorts. Um, so we've been making fun of Russell over that for about, uh, well, I'll, I'll date us for about 29 years now. And, uh, yeah, so it's little stories like that that kind of stick with you, you know, as you get older. And uh, But uh, I, I like to reminisce about those old times, obviously, with you and others. It's funny because you don't really remember the games as much. I mean, you remember bits and pieces of the games, but you remember the locker room, the bus trips, uh, these type of stories. Um, those are the things that, that do stick with you through the years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the traditions that I always liked is uh, when we'd have a road game, which almost inevitably ended in a loss, when we were coming back into town on the, uh, the team bus, the cheerleader sat up front, and then all the players sat in the back. And as we would cross that city, you know, the, the, the city sign coming into Ripley, the cheerleaders would sing the alma mater. And uh, I remember Coach Mullins would always tell the players in the back, shut your mouths, listen to these girls sing as we come in. So, you know, it's little things like that that you remember. And, and um, obviously there, there are game, there's game action that sticks out too, but it is, it's kind of all the stuff that surrounds it um, when, when you're growing up and, and, and playing. When you look at basketball now, and, and you're still playing a little bit, and, and you watch basketball on all levels, uh, your thing was shooting the basketball when you played, and probably still is, even when you play with the old guys. How much would you love to play now with as much uh, priority as put on shooting the three ball? Yeah, we've we've discussed that. I'm so jealous when I look at some of these numbers because um, I think my, my senior year I made – I think a little over 25 threes, but I probably didn't take more than, you know, in a 20-game season, more than 55 or so in the entire year. Well, that's probably a higher percentage than, than, than I actually shot. Probably about 60 threes on the year. And so you look at these numbers now, and these kids just – I mean, it's it's I think it's a trickle-down effect from what you see at the NBA and the college levels. And as, pe as people have realized the value of that three, and, you know, you, you see these stat heads that, uh, that run the numbers and realize – how valuable that shot is and uh you know back in our day you know every, mid, mid there was still a lot of mid-range game which you don't see as much as of now you see everything is either uh at the rim or shooting threes which i, I you know makes me super jealous that we w we didn't grow up in that uh that time frame um but you know we still had a good time playing and uh you can't really complain or, or rewrite history now, you've recently been back to the health center quite a bit to watch your nephews play, Eli Casto and Cyrus Casto, and I'm I'm still a little sore at Cyrus for not playing this year. He should have played, uh, would have been a uh, lead guard for the Vikings this year. But both of them, really good athletes, really accomplished basketball players, and I know you and your dad and your mom and, and your sister obviously enjoyed watching that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> I always joked that watching Eli was like watching a carbon copy of me we were so similar, same same size, uh, both had similar strokes. I think Eli was probably a little more fluid athlete than I was. Um, and I think um, one thing I had over Eli was that Eli was a pretty laid-back kid, and I was not. I was, uh, you know, I, we, we've got stories that we could tell on me about my competitive nature playing just about anything from basketball to, you know, wiffle ball in the backyard to stratomatic baseball. Um Eli was laid back, but man, he uh, he had some real skills and uh, loved watching him play senior year. Uh, he and Jamison Hunt um, kind of spearheaded that team and had a really nice year. 
not not quite as much success as they had at their junior year uh, after the Twin Towers left, but uh, still a really good team. And Cy got good minutes on that team too as a sophomore. Um, a little bit different player than, than me or Eli. Cy was um, Cy's not one to really seek out his shot that much. He he's kind of a leader uh, type of player, and and I think that manifested itself on the football field this year. Uh, you know, he was quarterback for the team that for the Ripley team that uh, went ten and two and and won a playoff game. Um, he's just a a kid that things come easily to him uh, athletically. Uh, I've I've been complaining for two years that he did a, a training run for football before his junior year. Uh, one miler and he's not a runner and uh, went out and ran it in five and a half minutes I am a runner and uh, that angered me terribly to know that he could just casually go out and run a mile that quickly um, but yeah both uh, both really good kids too I mean um, I, you know he, Karen Jeff have done a great job raising them and and their daughters Maya and Ava um, and um, I'm, I'm gonna miss you know, getting to watch those boys play. But uh, Maya's coming up, and I'm sure we'll play some sports in high school as well. You mentioned a couple of things, um, your competitive nature, number one, uh, and your running. Uh, how has your background in sports um, turned into this uh, running, I don't want to call it an obsession, but something you love to do and something you're very competitive with? Yeah, um, you know, when I moved to Charleston after I, I graduated from law school in 2000 and I was living in an apartment here in Charleston, I knew some people in town, but, you know, you get home from work and um, wanting a whole lot to do other than sit around and watch TV or play video games. And um, I don't know, one evening I was like, well, let's go out and, you know, see how far I can run. And at that time, I, I don't think I could run three miles without uh, without having to take a break at, at some point during it. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, not long after I started running, I, I ran a, a Charleston distance run and ran it relatively quickly for not training all that well. And um, really, just kind of dedicated myself to it after that. And I've I've had periods where I where I haven't run consistently, um, but for um, you know I ran a couple marathons back in 2006, and then uh, our daughter first daughter was born in 2007. So there was a little break there on those marathon runs because they really take some dedication to run one of those. And then uh, my wife actually, my wife Kelly picked up running. Uh, a couple of years ago, and she she'd run off and on, but had never really dedicated herself to it. And she, I think, she loves it more than I do. And so um, last year, um, we both ran the Chicago Marathon together in October, and uh, it's just something that um, you know it, it, to to live a healthy lifestyle, you got to stay active, and that's an easy one to do. You don't need other people to do it. Um, the cost is relatively minimal. Um, there's a little bit of the time commitment if you're commitment if you're training for certain distances, but um, you know it's something that you can squeeze in during the course of a day and, and keep yourself in shape. And I, you know, I just love doing it. Actually, have a run scheduled for tomorrow. So, so how did we get here, Craig? Uh, <clears throat> we know you're living in Charleston now. You mentioned Kelly, your your wonderful wife, who I will mention is a University of Kentucky grad, and you certainly you certainly outkicked your coverage there. You have two beautiful daughters. Um, that are coming up and getting older by the day. And <clears throat> you were the uh, previously the West Virginia State Tax Commissioner, and now you are an attorney in the private sector. So tell us a little bit about how all of this came about. Yeah, so I, um, after I, I graduated with an accounting degree from WVU in, in 1997 and uh, decided to go to law, law school from there, my mom was a longtime legal secretary for Rob Fisher and Ripley, 
and so I had some uh, exposure to the legal profession, uh, thought it would some be something that would suit me. Uh, so I went to WVU Law School and graduated in 2000 and uh, had worked for a couple of different companies, um, a law firm and a CPA firm in Charleston. Um, and then in 2007, actually through a, uh, you know, a connection I had in the governor's office, who was a guest for you a couple weeks ago, Senator Cart Goodwin, uh, reached out to Cart about uh, positions in state government, and timing was perfect. There was a um, position for deputy tax commissioner open uh, in the tax department. I think I was uh, probably 31 uh, when I took that job. Uh, did that for about three years, and then my uh, my predecessor um, went back into private sector, and uh, so I became tax commissioner in 2010, and served for about three years. And it's uh, you know it was an invaluable experience. It's um, I recommend public service to anyone that can do it. And then the connections you make, and kind of the, some of the inside baseball knowledge you get from working in uh, in a state agency like that, have, has really served me well uh, in private practice. So I, I practice primarily state and local tax law now for Steptoe & Johnson in Charleston. Um, my wife is a Georgetown law grad, so I'm the, I'm the dumb one uh, in the family. Um, she, uh, we met at a, uh, at a local law firm where we were both working. Um, she wanted me to mention that she's a Parkersburg South grad, and that <coughs> somehow, somehow I upgraded there, but I disagree with that. Um, but we, we were working at the same firm. She's four or five years younger than we are, so she's still, you know, south of 40, but heading that way. Um, so we, we met at that firm. Uh, we were there a couple years together. Um, and then uh, uh, we got married in 2006. Um, you were actually in the wedding party, if you'll remember. And uh, we got married in 2006 and uh, had our first daughter, Julia, in 2007. Um, Julia is, we, Julia played soccer early on, uh, when she was little, um, watching her play a few times, it was pretty clear that probably soccer wasn't in her future. Um, she, it wasn't something that she loved and, and, um, she has found her niche now. She's, uh, really into dance, does it five days a week, uh, really jumped in with both feet last year after never having really done it. And she's, uh, I think she's a natural, um, natural dancer she's really good also an excellent student i mean i don't think we've had to help her with her homework since she was in first grade um and then our daughter sydney was born in on valentine's day in 2010 just turned nine also a really good student and uh she's kind of bounced around on what uh, activity she loves uh she's done she did the soccer thing very briefly and then uh, did a couple years of karate and uh, just started, we just signed her up for Capital City Striders, which is a um, local running club here in Charleston. She's been doing that for a couple of months and really seems to like it. But, uh, yeah, we've got uh, got a nice, nice little life here in Charleston and um, couldn't ask for more out of our kids. Got to be fun to watch your kids uh, grow up and kind of turn into the, um, I wouldn't say young adults, but the young ladies um, that are going to be obviously very successful. They come from a pretty good stock, and it pains me to say that uh, from a from an intelligence standpoint, uh, those two girls are are probably going to be in pretty good shape between you and Kelly. Yeah, yeah, we hope so. They're um, it's fun. It's funny to see personality traits that uh, kind of sync up with one or uh, one of the either me or Kel. I think Julia probably got a good bit from both of us because she's kind of a type A, uh, higher stress kind of kid. She just uh, you know. She's always been worried about her schoolwork, and um, she's she just 
very similar to the the two of us in terms of that. Sydney, we're pretty sure that she's going to be a rafting guide someday. That kid doesn't care about anything. I mean, she uh, um, she is so laid back. Um, uh, she's she's uh, one that gets her her feelings hurt a little bit easy easier if she gets any kind of criticism for us. Jules will push back. She'll she'll let it you know come back to it with us, um, uh, come back at us with it. But um, Sid is just uh, she's a big-hearted kid that um, um, just. I think she enjoys life, and uh, we're not sure if she's really ours, but um, <laughs> based on based on her personality. But yeah, she's uh, she's a really sweet kid. Well, Craig, thanks for taking the time. Uh, it's been great catching up, and uh, uh, you know, you and I talk a lot. But uh, there are a lot of Viking basketball fans that remember you on the hardwood. They'll be glad to hear how you're doing, and and uh, hear that you do make it back every now and again. Yeah, yeah, and I I. I was remiss that I didn't make one of the uh, the games this year. Um, obviously, if side played, I probably would have made a few. Um, but it's tough when you've got your kids on your own to you know leave town and and go catch uh, go catch Ripley. Uh, you share those box scores with me. I love breaking down the stats and seeing how the kids are doing. And you know several of the kids on that team, Caden Keeler, uh, good good buddies with side. I know Caden pretty well. Saw Ty Johnson play as a freshman. Uh, and saw the, uh, Elijah Rife play a good bit. Not Elijah, Isaiah Rife play a good bit um, when he was growing up with Cy. So I have some, you know, uh, knowledge of what those kids have. And hated to see their their season end this week to the, you know, at the hands of the cheating Parkersburg South <laughs> Patriots. But uh, what are you going to do? It's, uh, you know, they'll have a good core coming back next year, and hopefully they have a have a good year. Do me a favor, and I know that you'll do this. Make sure you keep some of that Viking blue. Uh, blood fleecing through the veins of your beautiful daughters. Yeah, I always tell them that uh, when I'm ro- wearing the royal blue, that it's Ripley blue and not Kentucky blue, and uh, then I, I get the big eye roll from them uh, when I mention that, but uh, we'll do. Craig, thanks for the time. You've been listening to uh, Vi- former Viking basketball player Craig Griffith on Viking 360. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, spring sports are just around the corner. Lady Viking softball opens March 13th at home against South Charleston. Tennis season is served up on March 14th at Sissonville. The track team opens with the Viking Relays on March 15th, and it's Viking Baseball March 16th at Capitol. Once again, everyone, thanks for listening. And if you want to stay up to date on Viking sports, Make sure you turn on your notifications and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you around.